Welcome to the Fundraising Freedom Podcast with Mary Valoni. I'm your host, Mary Valoni, and this is the place where aspiring six and seven figure fundraisers come to be encouraged, empowered, and educated on how to raise more funds and have more freedom. So welcome to episode 133. Today we're going to be talking about how gratitude changes everything. Everything. Yeah. All right. So these last couple of weeks have been kind of a whirlwind for me. I have been doing quite a bit of traveling and um, in the meantime have uh, picked up a cold along the way. So hopefully my voice isn't uh, too rough for you today. Uh, but I have um, finally been able to get some of my energy back. I feel like I got knocked down for a few days, but, uh, but I'm feeling much better and grateful to be with you again. I know these last Last couple of episodes, I had some great guests on. Of course, Meredith Noble talked about grant writing, and then I had uh, Danny Osmond on talking about podcasting. So I've gotten some great feedback from those, and people are you know stirring around some ideas around podcasting and what they want to do. And um, I actually have a, a big announcement to share with you by the end of today's episode. So stick with me. Uh, I would. I'm excited to share some some updates with you. So um, a couple weeks ago, though, this kind of whirlwind for me started when I went out of town for about 10 days and it started off with a workshop that I did with my friend Joel and we did a workshop for nonprofit executives which was absolutely incredible. Um, I love those intensive settings where we can spend time together and really dig into your situation. So um, for those of you who joined us in Columbus, Ohio for that, uh, thank you for two really, really great days together. I hope that it was transformative for you. Uh, you know, it's, it's so uh, just important that you step away from your day-to-day activity and really start to plan out your new year. And one of the things that we did during our time together was we actually talked about a three-year strategic plan and thinking through what is it that we want. And after day one, one of the biggest takeaways was that we often don't know what we want. And so it is so important to just take out that sheet of paper that dry erase board, whatever it is that you write your notes on, and just start really dreaming about what is it that you want for your cause, for that fundraiser. Get it down on paper because you can't raise funds if you don't know what you're raising funds for. And we often say, does your budget guide your plan or does your plan guide your budget? And the reason why we say that is because People live by, you know, like they just run by the seat of their pants and it's like, that's just craziness, you know? So um, it's really important that you have a plan and that you know exactly what you're raising funds for so that people are compelled to give to it. Okay. So, but by the time I started day two, I was like, um, can we all agree that money is not your problem? And I want you guys to hear that too, because we often think that money is our problem, that we just can't raise enough dollars. And if we could just raise more money and people were more generous, then we would be able to change more lives and and do greater things. And of course, money is important. And of course, we need to go ask people to give to it. But most often, and I would say majority of the time, is that we're not all that great about expressing what the need really is. 
And what is the vision that we're trying to raise funds for? And so I just want to encourage you to spend some time over these next couple months. I know this is the busiest fundraising season. These, you know, as we gear up into the month of December, um, biggest, you know, this is the largest giving season, you know, so I, I want to make sure that you're asking people for money. But I also want you to be thinking about what is it that you guys really, really want for your cause as you gear up for the new year as well. So spending that time together, that workshop was great. I then rolled in from the workshop right into uh, a conference that I've gone to for the last four years. This was actually an author conference, uh, the Igniting Souls Conference. This is the, the place that I've gone to every single year in the end of October to plan out the next year. And I love it because it's, you know, it's always on the on the calendar. I'm surrounded with really um, encouraging and uh, inspiring people. And there are so many friends that I got to reconnect with. And that was such a joy for me. It was, I mean, I'm so, so grateful for that time that I got to spend with those people and to really just uh, dream about what these next few years could look like. So I did end up sitting in the back of the room, which is very unusual for me. I typically like to be at the front of the room, but I sat at the back of the room because I really felt like this was such a different year for me. Um, my first year that I came was in 2016, and that was the year that I I was writing the entire year. I was writing my book, Fundraising Freedom. And by the time I arrived at this conference, I was really just looking to be inspired and to be around other authors. And then year two, I came back, and that was the year that I uh, my book was complete, and I got to be on the, on the main stage and got to to share about my story. And so I spoke for a few minutes. And then I was also asked to sit on a panel. And this panel was actually filled with people who were making six figures in their business and um, utilizing the content of their book to, uh, to create this six-figure business. And so I was, I mean, I was honored that I was chosen and asked to sit on this panel and talk about the money that I make through the work that I do. And um, you guys know, as a fundraiser, I mean, like one of the major things for me is that and not only am I a good fundraiser, but I'm also, you know, great in business. And I have translated the content that I share in my book, Fundraising Freedom, into my business. And so I, I never want somebody to feel like, well, I'm following Mary. She's teaching me how to fundraise, but man, she doesn't know how to make any money. <laughs> so it is really, I spend a lot of time thinking about how I can run a successful business because I think that it reflects heavily on how I fundraise as well. And so anyways, so that to me, when I was on that panel, I got to share the story of how uh, I got plugged into fundraising because of my dad and how, you know, when my dad passed away, that was really the catalyst that really threw me into the work that I do today. And so as I was sitting there reflecting at this conference, I was like, oh my gosh, how crazy. I mean, that season, that was, you know, in 2017 was the year that I met my business partner, Mike Kim, and we started our program, you know, Fully Funded Academy, and we've been working with missionaries for the last two years. And so that was kind of an, an anniversary, a moment to remember that. And then last year, uh, the 2018 conference was the year that I sat down with Joel Kessel and we both were like, okay, we've got to help nonprofit executives because um, as I started raising and working with people who were raising funds as missionaries and ministry leaders, I started to realize that, okay, just like they need a membership site, a program that they can 
have where they're in community and have coaching with each other. I also wanted the same thing for nonprofit executives. So for those of you who are running larger organizations and maybe you are running a six or seven figure or even eight figure, nine figure, you know, organization, I wanted you to have a place where you could go to. So that's why I created the nonprofit executive club with Joel Kessel. And Joel, of course, works with strategic planning. Mike is a marketing guy. So in both scenarios, I was like, I just wanted to be and work with people that uh, were making a difference in the nonprofit space and were inspiring others to do greater and bigger things. So both of those business partners came out of this conference. I know. So it was really important. And then this year, as I sat my fourth year, sitting in the back of the room, I knew that this was kind of going to be culminating into a a really big meeting. Um, So I actually just took on a new client and it's probably one of the bigger projects that I've taken to date. And um, I knew that I was going to be walking into that meeting right after this conference. And so I was really just more uh, taking in and just really feeling a sense of gratitude, which is why I wanted to talk today about how gratitude changes everything. And not only does it change everything in your fundraising and in the funds that you raise, but it changes your entire life. And so I want to hit on three different things that I think that gratitude does for us. And I want to want to hit on it not only, like I said, in the fundraising space, but also in your life as well. Because, you know, as we wrap up another year, we are in November. And so we're talking about, you know, we're, we're only a couple weeks away from Thanksgiving. This is a great season to show our donors, show the people that we love, that we we care about them, that we're thankful for them. And then as we move into the holiday season here, we start to give gifts and we, um, you know, become even more generous, you know, that that thankfulness turns into generosity, which is why I, I believe that December is such a heavy month for us in, in the giving space. So, okay. So first things first, let's talk about what is gratitude and being grateful And so really it's just a feeling of appreciation and showing appreciation of kindness and being thankful. You know, so being grateful is just being thankful, being thankful uh, to others and showing them that we we appreciate what they've done or um, just the little things in life. So uh, oftentimes people say, you know, you can be grateful just for the silliest things, you know, grateful for, you know, maybe the leaves that are falling outside of your, your window or maybe grateful for a loved one who took some extra time to talk with you. Or maybe it's a, a journal or something something that you utilize that makes your job a little bit easier. So all those things. And of course, for us who work with volunteers, just the gratitude of people who would be willing to spend their time without any sort of pay because it's just the right thing to do. Gratitude for people who give generously, who give selflessly, who give above and beyond what we could ever imagine. And when those gifts come in, it's like, oh my gosh, it just immediately hits you with, wow, like that is something to be to pay attention to. I want to be like that. I want to be that generous. I want to be that kind of person. And so as you can tell, gratitude is contagious. When we see other people who are grateful and who, who express it, it makes us want to do it as well. So I think that it's important that we pay attention to that. So um, the first thing that I, I'm going to hit on three different things, but the first thing I want to talk about is how gratitude creates positive thinking. 
So when you're gra- when you're grateful, you immediately think about the positive part of it. And our brains cannot think positively and negatively at the same time. So that means that we can't have the glass full, half full and half empty at the same time. If we're talking about the glass being full, the glass is full. You know, we are thankful. We are talking about how great things are going, the opportunities that are coming our way, uh, the opportunities to, to do things in ways that we've never done them before. And your mind cannot think negatively. So you can see that there's no way you can start talking about fear and anxiety and stress and frustration and pressure when you're talking about something that's so good. And so when I'm doing one-on-one coaching calls with um, individuals who are raising funds, I have to spend a good portion of my time talking about how grateful and how like all the great opportunities that are coming because it is way too easy uh, to to sit in that negative spot. And and I know that so many of us sit there a lot. We're like, oh my gosh, how is this even going to happen? How are we going to reach our goal by the end of the year? And you start immediately going down that path. So I feel like it's my job as, an, as a natural encourager in general is that I'm always trying to lean the conversation towards what are the opportunities? Who can we call on? Who can we lean on so that we can actually achieve and accomplish the goals that we've set for ourselves? So here's the thing. When you have peace about what you're doing, you have less fear, and so there just is no space for that fear when you have a peace and you have a rest, you know, in, you know, you're thinking about all those positive things that are going to come your way, okay? So gratitude creates positive thinking. That's the first one. The second one is that gratitude creates resilience. You know, just resilience to life's challenges increases. So here's the thing, when you can, resilience really just means that you can recover quickly from difficult situations. So you're able to bounce back faster, resilience, you know? And so when you have the ability to bounce back faster, it allows you to create more funds. It creates, it, it allows you to create greater impact. And don't we all want resilience when it comes to anything that's difficult? Um, we all have been through stuff that's traumatic or that has been difficult. And how often do we find ourselves in a position where somebody gave to our organization or to our cause, and then all of a sudden they're gone? And if you just wallow in that place of, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, they just left and they just took their money with them and I can't believe that they're not going to give this year, you can get yourself in a crazy spiral, downward spiral that is not good. And so we have to be able to be resilient and say, you know what, we understand not every donor is going to come back. Not every donor, we should never have an expectation that donors are going to give every single year, every single month, every single time we ask. That's just impractical to think that. We have to look at our own lives and say, you know what? Sometimes things are good and sometimes things are bad. And so we can't we can't expect that things are going to be good all the time for our donor base as well. So we have these ups and downs, these highs and lows when it comes to our causes. And so for us to be able to bounce back quickly is so important. And it will. It will totally change everything when you can be resilient to, to life's changes. I think it's easy, you know, when, when I look at people that I look up to, you know, maybe, you know, sometimes people look to, uh, like my author coach, he could be considered a guru. 
And there's lots of people that are out there that are in that space too. And it's easy just to say, you know what? Life is so easy for them. Life is so good. I mean, what do they have to worry about? Money's always coming in. Their family always seems to be healthy and good. And, you know, what possibly could go wrong for them? We do that with celebrities. We do that with famous people. We just assume that, oh, money, they've got everything. How could it possibly go wrong for them, you know? But here's the deal. I, as I've gotten closer and closer to people who do have a lot of money, you know, as you guys know, I raise a lot of money. So I'm around wealthy people quite a bit. And now in this business space, I also surround myself with a lot of wealthy people. And the thing is, is that it doesn't get any easier. All right. Difficult situations come to everybody. And, you know, I I love listening to, to Tony Robbins and, you know, he often, he talks about how two of the things that we like the most about life is consistency and inconsistency. Isn't that funny? So we not only like our consistent routines of we know what to expect, but then the thing about life that's exciting is the inconsistencies. So the highs and lows and the things that go good and the things that go bad. Yeah, we don't ever want to experience the bad stuff, but it's during the bad stuff that the good becomes, you know, just shoots even higher, right? So it's like the low lows and the high highs are the things that we look forward to, you know, during the the calendar year when you get that huge donation that comes in, like that is a high, high and that's exciting, but we wouldn't know how to experience that if we didn't experience the low lows. And so consistency and inconsistency is like, you know, that's important to the excitement of life. And so this idea of resilience is really important because if we can express gratitude during, you know, tough times and be able to turn our eyes onto the things that we're like, well, you know what? I'm grateful for the fact that that organization or that company, that individual has given consistently for the last five years or has given consistently for the last 12 months, whatever that number is. Can we just show appreciation and gratitude, thankfulness for the fact that they believed in your organization and your cause long enough to give for the time that they did? You know, and I, I, have to say that this is one of my pet peeves when it comes to fundraising is that we have some sense of expectation that if somebody gives once that they should give again. And there's nowhere in the law of fundraising that says that somebody owes us something. They do not owe us a second gift. They don't owe us a third gift. If they've been giving for five years, that doesn't mean that they owe us the sixth year. And so we have got to stop this expectation that these donors are going to come every single year and that if they gave 5000 last year, they're going to give 5000 this year. Or if they gave 5000 last year, they're going to give 10000 this year because you know what? They're going to be more generous. And when I go and ask them, they're just going to give more. And that's just the way that it is. We have no guarantee. We have no guarantee that those donations are going to come in every single year. And that's why a lot of organizations have leaned towards diversifying their funds and making sure that there's a wide variety of ways that your donations come in so that you can create more sustainability and you can depend on those dollars a little bit more because you're like, well, when one's down, another one's high. So you can see that the resilience of your cause, that you can keep um, the doors open year after year after year because you're not depending on the same person or the same group giving every single year because that's just not realistic. 
So resilience is just really important. So, okay, the third one that I want to talk about is how gratitude creates joy. And don't we all want more joy in our lives? You know, everybody wants to be happy. You know, they want to have that joy that comes. But I want to hit on something that Brene Brown, I mean, famous author, speaker, she's um, a researcher, but she said that she goes, she said, in my 12 years of research on 11,000 pieces of data, I did not interview one person who had described themselves as joyful, who also did not actively practice gratitude. Attitude. And so she says, not just, um, you know, the attitude of gratitude or the feeling of being grateful, but she says, actually practicing gratitude. So practicing it, actually living it out in every single day that you're actually practicing it. So she did an exercise with her family where every single day when they sat down for a meal, they would go around the table with her kids and they would talk about what they're grateful for. And of course, you know, at first it's a little bit uncomfortable and you're trying to come up with something that you're grateful for. But she said, you know, sometimes it was silly stuff like, you know, frogs or bugs or whatever. And then sometimes it was, you know, there was a loss in the family or a loss of a friend and um, maybe somebody, somebody's mom was diagnosed with cancer and now all of a sudden her kids were saying stuff like, I'm just grateful for our health. And, you know, those little things that you're just grateful for. And, you know, during my time when I worked for the ALS Association, I remember every single day, I remember every single day being grateful for this, for just the silliest things, the little things, because I was watching these individuals lose their speech, lose their mobility, lose their, uh, you know, just ability to communicate with the outside world. And if you know anything about ALS, ALS is amyotrophic lateral sclerosis but it is a neurological dis- disease that does not have a cure. And so when, when somebody gets diagnosed with ALS, their mind does not go. So it's like they're trapped inside of their body and their body is shutting down. And every single day they're losing more of their functionality in their, in their body, but their mind is totally there and they cannot communicate. And to me, I think that that is the worst disease. I'm sorry, hands down, the worst disease. I don't know how many of you guys have been, have, you know, met somebody or know somebody. I know some of you have lost family members to the disease and it is horrific. And so during that season, I just remember like taking a shower and thinking, oh my gosh, like I can stand in the shower. I don't have to sit. I don't need assistance. You know, like there were things that I was, you know, just verbally, you know, here I am speaking and talking with you directly. Like the fact that they would lose their voices so quickly was just so sad to me. And so being grateful for the littlest things um, and just being grateful in general brings joy. And so, uh, you know, I I think joy is just an incredible part of life. And um, I one of the things that I share with a lot of my friends is that I, and I, I think I've shared about it, you know, here on the podcast as well, is that I talk about how I have a joy list. And so in my, in the back of my journal, I have created, and I've done it for the last couple of years now, is I just have a bulleted list of all the things that bring me joy. 
And so what I do is I try and spend as much of my time doing those things that are on my joy list because I have a choice every single t- every single day to do things that I enjoy and not spend things on time on things that I don't enjoy. So, you know, one of the things that's on my joy list um, is deep conversations. And so I work really hard to incorporate deep conversations into my daily life, into the work that I do. So those one-on-one conversations with clients and with people like you uh, is really important to me and it brings me joy. And so those are things that I'm grateful for. When I have the chance to talk to an individual about their fundraising efforts, I get off those phones and I just have a moment of gratitude where I just am like, thank you, Lord, for giving me the opportunity to spend that time because I don't take it for granted that I get to have conversations with people that they may never share with anybody else. As you guys know, finances is not something that people like to talk out loud and talk to um, other people about, but yet I have those conversations every single day with people about their money. And, you know, so the same thing for you is that you get to sit down with these potential donors, these people, and you get to talk to them about what do they want to do with their money? How do they want to leave a legacy? How do they want to change lives? And so what I'm always looking for is that connection with somebody else where, you know, it brings them gratitude. It brings them joy to talk with you about how can we partner together to, to make a difference, you know, to, to really unify in a way that they never would have gotten the chance otherwise. And so the joy of all that And I'm going to hit on just a little bit of scripture just because I know some of a good portion of the people who listen to my podcast are believers. But uh, one of the things that I... I didn't realize until I started thinking through and working through this podcast episode is that um, the number one thing, um, the most important and, and also the most repeated command in the Bible is actually this topic, gratitude. So rejoice, give thanks, praise the Lord, do not be afraid. That is the most repeated command. And so it's not by chance to me that we need to be intentional about this because we're hardwired to go in that, um, start, you know, thinking down that negative trail. And I know some of us, um, can think more positively (laughs) than others. Um, and it comes more naturally, but I do think that we all have that hardwired in us. And you know how I was mentioning about, you know, the people that you look up to or the gurus or whatever, um, you know, your mentors just know that as humans, we all have highs and lows, right? We all go through seasons where we don't feel great. I mean, listen to me right now. I do not feel great. But at the same time, uh, I intentionally try and pull myself out of those funks. You know, like when I'm not feeling good, um, I intentionally surround myself with people who are going to pull me out of it. And um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine just a couple days ago when I was really down. I was not feeling good at all. And, um, And we had this conversation and within minutes of having just a positive conversation with him, my entire attitude turned around and it was 
crazy to me because it was just like, it was palpable. It was like, I could feel how my body had physically changed from being down and negative to being positive and uplifting. And like, I just couldn't help but be grateful for this conversation that I was having because he completely flipped my entire energy around. And I know that you guys have that same thing that goes on with you. And so that's why today's episode I think is really important because I want to, I want you to start thinking through how gratitude can change everything and how our mental state and the things that we do, that we choose to do can turn things completely around for us. And so my, my challenge to you today is I do want you to create that joy list. I want you to sit down and spend a few minutes it's just writing down the things that do bring you joy. And if it's easy when you do those things that it brings you gratitude, then you can see how it, it correlates together. So as we gear up for this holiday season and we're in this season of thankfulness and Thanksgiving, um, think through just those little things that, that bring you joy and, and how your donations at the end of the year just by by changing your thought process around can change how people perceive your cause. Now, I often say that, you know, people give to people. They don't give to causes. And so people are giving to you and to the life change that you're making with through your organization or through your personal mission. They're giving to you. And so I know that it's way easier to give to somebody who's positive, who's grateful, who's thankful, um, who shows gratitude towards my, my generosity, whether it's small or big. That means a huge uh, that it means a lot. It means a lot to me when I'm making a decision of when I'm going to give again. And so just think through just that just little change that you can make in your attitude and your gratitude towards the donors to your cause through the gifts that are coming in, how that could transform the way that you write your end of the year letters, how it can transform the way that you have conversations with people here as we end out the, the calendar year. It will transform everything. And if you're feeling really stressed right now, I need you to push that to the side, okay? I need you to be thinking about the positive thoughts because those negative thoughts are not doing you any favors. They are not helping your fundraising. The desperation is just repelling people away from you and your cause. So do not lean on that. So the back to the three things that I mentioned to you, gratitude creates positive thinking. If you have positive thinking, you can't have negative thinking. Gratitude creates resilience. And you know that the highs and lows are going to come, so we need to bounce back quickly, okay? Resilience. And the third thing is gratitude creates joy. And we need more joy, don't we? We need more joy. No matter whether your cause is a positive one or a negative one, I know sometimes you guys are dealing with stuff that is not pleasant to talk about. It doesn't bring you joy to talk about the things sometimes that is going on in your cause. But the thing is, is that your cause is doing something that is changing the story. And for that, we can be grateful. And so for that, you can tell those stories of joy and transformation and life change. And that is what people want to hear and what people want to be a part of. 
Okay. So continue to move forward on this gratitude. I want you to make gratitude a practice and trust me, I'm working on it as well. I think that it's important that every single day we wake up and we work on this, that we practice gratitude. It doesn't come naturally. I know for many of us, you know, you do have to work through it and you do have to pay attention and wherever you put your focus, right? If you put your attention on the gratitude, it will make you put attention on positive thinking. Okay. So there's no space for the negative stuff because you're putting your focus on the positive stuff. Just like when you're driving around and you see Jeeps everywhere, right? Or that red car or whatever it, your mind will automatically focus on the things that you are putting your energy towards. So if you're putting your energy towards practicing gratitude, you will absolutely create more positive things and be able to be resilient and joyful in the process. So, all right. I wanted to share my big announcement with you, okay? So my big announcement, I know last last week I talked about podcasting and all that stuff, and um, it brings me gratitude. Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for you guys. Um, and so that's why I, I wanted to continue to podcast. I'm, this podcast is going nowhere because I absolutely love being able to talk with you guys each and every week, um, bring on guests, uh, introduce you to different ideas and thoughts as you continue to build out your cause. And uh, But it's also important for me to know that, um, that I I'm talking to you in a language that really resonates with you. And so as I talk through these episodes, I'm really talking to the fundraiser, you know, the person who was me, you know, I was obviously raising funds and and doing it pretty much on my own for the most part. And it is a lonely, it's a lonely road, you know? So I, I love being able to be in your earbuds wherever you're at. And so I want to continue to do that. So I have, um, I, and I don't know if many of you guys know this, but I have 10 episodes that are sitting out um, in a podcast called the Fully Funded Podcast. And that is 10 episodes where we talk specifically about my fundraising freedom process for missionaries and ministry leaders. So I want want you to just look that up, Fully Funded Podcast. That is for you. Um, we are going to continue to do additional episodes coming up soon, so stay tuned for that. But my big announcement is that I am launching a new podcast with my friend, Joel Castle. So um, Joel and I have launched a podcast called the Nonprofit Executive Podcast, and this podcast is going live this week. Okay, um, it's going live this Thursday. So if you're listening to this on, you know, November the 11th or 12th, um, the episodes are going to be dropping here in just the next few days. So, but if you're listening to it after that, the podcast is live. The nonprofit executive podcast with Joel Kessel and Mary Valoni, and this is the podcast for nonprofit executives. This is the executive director. This is the development director. The founder. The CEO, whatever your title is, that you're running an organization. And I, I understand that those of you who are running organizations that are the founder of your organization, it there is something, um, you know, you're, you would take on a different kind of responsibility than the fundraiser or a ministry leader for that matter, or mi- missionary, I guess. Um, if you're a pastor or you're somebody who's actually running a, an organization, then the nonprofit executive podcast is for you as well. So, but it really is about you're running the organization 
organization and you are responsible for board development, strategic planning, fundraising, you're really looking at all those aspects, your hiring staff, that administrative support, all those different roles that comes with an executive title. And so Joel and I have partnered together. We are going to be talking specifically on strategic planning and fundraising. And you know, when you're fundraising for a larger organization, there is a, a bit of a different approach. You guys know that, that you know, bigger scale fundraising takes a different approach. And so I'm going to be talking through my fundraising freedom steps in a completely different way than I have in the past. So that podcast is going to be the place for you if you are an executive of an organization. So we want to invite you to come listen into that show. Of course, you can listen to this one. You can listen to that one. You can listen to fully funded podcasts if you like. But um, but I do know that there are you know different pockets of fundraising that are happening. And I want to make sure that I can talk directly to you and um, your specific area of fundraising. Okay. So be sure to check that out. Nonprofit Executive Podcast. I'll make sure that there's a link in the show notes here. Um, as soon as that thing is live, you guys will know about it. So, um, but like I said, it's coming out this week. So this Thursday, just mark your calendar. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. Um, I can't wait to, to connect with you guys over there as well, if that's for you. Um, if not, just, you know, continue to listen in. This is um, the place where I'm going to continue to talk about fundraising. I love the platform of podcasting because I, I believe in sharing my thoughts, sharing ideas. And if I'm learning something, I want to be able to share that with you guys. And so I'm going to do that in the podcast format, continuing forward. And if you're not getting my emails by any chance, every single week I send out an email giving you updates on my podcast and um, maybe webinars or trainings that I'm doing. So if you're not getting those emails on a weekly basis, be sure to jump on maryvaloney.com and just click there. It's right on my homepage that you want to get those emails and jump in and start listening um, and getting those, you know, just getting the information uh, weekly in your inbox. Okay. All right. Um, I just, I, I have so much gratitude for you. Um, I'm grateful for the causes that you guys invest in. I believe so heavily in the work that you guys are doing and that if you can flip the switch on this and you can start looking at how you can live an abundant life, like live where there's no parameters on your fundraising, because trust me, there are no parameters on your fundraising. If you have a dollar amount that you need to raise, there are people out there that have the money to fund it. So the only thing that's holding us back is us. So now is the time to flip all this on its head and start to be so grateful for um, the contributions and the opportunities that you have. And let's start inviting other people to be a part of that too, because um, this is the stuff we do is too good to keep to ourselves, right? Too good. Okay. So, all right. Well, on that note, I'm just, um, I appreciate you guys and look forward to continuing to to uh, encourage, empower, and educate you guys on fundraising so that you can raise more funds and have more freedom. So hope you guys have a great week. Let's go change the world one volunteer and one dollar at a time.